0: On this episode, we're chatting with Scott Knight, founder and CEO at Alpha Omega Agency. Today's conversation is all about headless e-commerce architecture. Scott details what it means to truly build a headless storefront and breaks down the various business applications for why you may consider it for your store. Scott gives real world examples of businesses he's worked with at AOA and showcases various benefits for each use case. We also live brainstorm a few new ideas for how businesses can creatively leverage headless architecture. So let's get started. Scott, thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me, Chase. So, uh, to start kicking off, um, give me a little bit of info about yourself and about Alpha Omega.
1: Yeah, um, so I'm the CEO and founder of AOA. Uh, we started about seven years ago. We rebranded under AOA um, around three years ago. So, been around for a while, but the brand is relatively new. Um, you know, we, we I guess we specialize uh, primarily in Shopify Plus, Big Commerce. Uh, our our passion is really performance. Uh, we obsess over performance, and so, you know, just organically, Headless has become a big part of what we do. Um, and our engineering team, and, and what really separates us from a lot of other agencies, I think, is is uh, that obsession over performance. And that leads to uh, hiring senior engineers. Um, On the front-end side, we've got senior React developers, senior uh, Vue developers. um, And that allows us to really leverage uh, modern technologies and deliver really powerful experiences, which then in turn gives our design team the flexibility to really deliver on extremely beautiful designs and and modern designs uh, that you can't otherwise get with uh, uh, traditional development. So, um, yeah, that's a perfect. perfect intro.
0: Um, today we are talking through headless, if you haven't guessed already. So, uh, <laughs> headless is is obviously not a new term at this point. We've actually talked through headless on this podcast before. We did kind of an O for you episode. We're going to try to take a bit of a different route this time and kind of talk through some unique use cases. I know you have a few examples of brains we've actually worked with. So, to kick it off, uh, let's let's not go too deep into the weeds right away, but Define headless for me, um, just so we can kind of set the stage before we hop into all the conversation.
1: Yeah, no, I think I think that's a good starting point, too, because I think there's a lot of inf- misinformation on, on what headless is. Um, and actually, headless really got its term well before it became a buzzword in, in e-commerce. Um, and so headless, you know, uh, it, it's really the separation of the consumer facing side. And, you know, the f- consumer facing is really where the term head came from. Uh, so it's the separation of the consumer-facing side of the application from from the backend. Um, if that if that makes sense.
0: <laughs> no, that's that's perfect. So so there's obviously in the last year or two or even you know past that, but I think we, we've had a lot of acceleration recently. But a, a huge mm-hmm. chunk of customers, day-to-day customers for every brand, are moving online. So when we talk about this kind of like storefront idea. Um, How how does kind of the the evolution of the storefront happen? What does the evolution of storefront look like in 2022?
1: The last two years have been like really crazy. (laughs) Um, You know, you're seeing, um, again, a a huge shift to online. I think in 2020, uh, e-commerce in the United States uh, grew 36%. Uh, 2021, I don't, I, I haven't gotten like the latest numbers, but the first three quarters went up another 17%. Um, so imagine another 30 percent in twenty twenty two, and so really what that's done is that's just accelerated competition, uh, and you're actually seeing digitally native brands now going to to brick and mortar. So it's it's really weird shift.
0: You're getting kind uh, of the opposite effect. Whereas three years yeah. ago, we went from brick and mortar to online. Now we're seeing the kind of other way around.
1: Right, and, and you know part of that is the the you know the the customer acquisition costs have increased fifty percent just in the last year. Um, And so it's becoming a little bit more expensive. And so, um, you know, brands are like hyper-focused on providing just a really unique experience um, to differentiate themselves from that increase in competition, but also focus on performance because, you know, they need to offset that cost of customer acquisition, you know, through the form of increasing conversions and AOV. And there's really nothing better that can can help with that than speeding up your site. so it's 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 a it's a it's a crazy it's a crazy time. Um, and uh, and then also it's it's becoming you know in addition to your storefronts brands are starting to differentiate themselves by providing tangential experiences as well. Uh, say like digital access memberships, um, developing out native apps or or microsites that are progressive web web apps. Um, you know uh, smart home devices, uh, NFTs are becoming popular now. Uh, and so you're starting to see a, more of a dramatic shift now and, and focus to like what we call headless, um, that decoupled architecture so that you can have multiple, multiple heads, um, you know, operating at like lightning speeds, uh, but still leverage the platforms that, that you appreciate and that you're on. Um, and at the same time, like luckily, like during all of this, um, the evolution of, of headless has, has really accelerated as well you're seeing <clears throat> billions of dollars of uh, VC money going into to headless startups. Um, you know some some big ones in like the Shopify big commerce space. Um, you know that come to minor are Nestle and Shotgun Frontend. Um, but then you also have a long tail of other ecom platforms that are API first. Uh, in other words, headless. Uh, <clears throat> you know like Fabric I think just raised uh, quite a bit of money too. Um, <clears throat> and so with this, it really enables. Merchants to go beyond just the storefronts um, and also just optimize optimize speed, uh, but before you know it took a lot of of time and and, and energy and money uh, to build these things, right? Uh, but with this with these apps, um, with the competition in that space, with the money that's getting invested in it, um, it's definitely lowered the barrier quite a bit. Um, so now you know you don't have to be a hundred million dollar company. Um, to uh, to afford a headless build, so
0: so ton of stuff in there. Super great intro. I love kicking that off with all of everything. We're just going to kind of dig into each one of those verticals that you hopped into. So yeah. so let's let's tackle speed first. So speed seems to be the first thing that everyone talks about when you talk headless, other than the the buzzword decoupled, which is not my favorite thing because everyone always just says, oh, I know headless is. It's just decoupling. Yeah, so sure. so so you talk about speed first. How, how is speed a benefit and how is that? So, I mean, obviously we know speed's a benefit. How does, how does going headless create a faster speed for your site?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, and, and, and just to kind of like walk back a little bit, speed is a benefit because this might not make sense to, to a lot of people, um, is that, you know, lag time and, and slow performance really is a discovery deterrent, right? And so by increasing the speed, and this doesn't just come from like, agencies like like ours, but also, you know, Google, Walmart, Amazon, et cetera. Uh, so what that does is that increases conversion, that increases AOV, and then ultimately bottom line. So, so speed is, is hyper important.
0: It's, a, it's um, something like three seconds, isn't it? There, there are a lot of studies showing that like, if a page loads for more than three seconds, people are likely to drop off that page.
1: Bounce, yeah. Uh, Which and, is like not a
0: long amount of time to, <laughs> to be waiting. So it's it's an incredibly important thing.
1: Yeah, for, for uh, you know, for, for everything to load, right? Right. Um, and then, you know, like also every 0.1 seconds translates into a 10% loss in revenue. Um, and that's something that, uh, you know, Google, Amazon and, uh, Walmart have all like published separately. There's also a lot of studies from Deloitte now. Um, so you're just seeing like a lot of studies come out about performance and, and, uh, what that means to bottom line. So, um, performance on the, on the front end, um, you know, uh, First of all, I guess one thing I should have said, like, you know, headless, what what it is, you know, but what is it not? It's also like, just because you have a React app doesn't mean it's headless. Um, and so uh, you're starting, and that's where that like misinformation is is, is coming from. Um, you know, you have a lot of a lot of people out there developing React apps and, and claiming it's headless because it's still like in a monolithic architecture and it's, it's headless, but like it's still that monolithic architecture, so. Little into the weeds there, um, but what what Headless enables um, is it, it enables you to host that head uh, wherever you want. Uh, and so there's like really two strong uh, platforms in the hosting space, and that is Vercel and Netlify. Um, they do an excellent job, um, and so you're able to statically generate uh, the pages in advance uh, and, and distribute it across the CDN. Um, so. You know, I'm just outside of Minneapolis. Instead of hitting a server, say in Florida, waiting for that, uh, waiting for the data to process, the server to, to render the page and then send it back to me in a massive payload, um, I might be sending uh, a request to a server here in Minneapolis. And instead of waiting for that server to, you know, drum up the HTML and, and send it back, that data, you know, those assets are already pre-generated. Uh, so immediately it just gets sent back, and that's why you have that really fast initial load time, um, and then on top of that, you have your subsequent page requests. And what happens there is, you know, everything is really cached. Most of the data should be cached to your phone or to your to your laptop. And so when you click on another link, you're not having to go fetch, you know, another massive payload and, and have that come back. Most of that's already there. So you're just fetching the data that you need if it's not already there. So that's why subsequent page requests are, are lightning fast. Um, and you just have this like really fast performance uh, versus what you can achieve, uh, say, in a, a more monolithic system, something that requires server-side processing. So, so, so clearly,
0: page speed is is a huge deal. And like you just said, ten uh, percent drop off for every point one seconds. That's right.
1: Ten uh, percent reduction in revenue uh, for every point one
0: seconds. Yep. Wow. So so if you can get, if you can speed this up by even fractions of a second, you start to look at a, a significant revenue that you're losing
1: yeah it's it's uh it's crazy there's actually a really good tool uh thinkingwithgoogle.com if you type in like thinking with google test my site uh, it should be the first link that you see in google uh and from there you can actually put in your url um and then it comes back with metrics on performance on mobile on desktop but if you if you dig a little deeper into the page you can actually put in your storefront metrics um say like your average order number of people on the site, uh, what your current conversion rate is, and then it acts as a calculator, you know, by increasing your site, you know, 0.5 seconds, uh, or reducing it, you know, down to to 1.2 second total page load, you know, you'll be making or uh, you'll be making additional $1.2 million or, you know, something like that. So um, it's it's, it's pretty, it's pretty fun uh, to play around with.
0: I so, kind of go play around sure. with that. That's my sort of thing yeah. is numbers and calculators <laughs> and how do you kind of project out what's going on? I think that's, yeah. that's super cool. I'll take a look at that for sure. Yeah. So so speed is, is obviously a huge piece. Um, speed seems to be the, the piece of headless that everyone understands the most. So let's move on from that. So yeah. you talk through um, this idea of like NFTs, you start talking like memberships. Um, we're talking brick and mortar. There's obviously a, a digital site somewhere out in the world. How, how do you kind of pull all those things together? Because now you have a whole bunch of different heads, if you will, and you have to figure out how to pull all of those heads into a singular backend or multiple backends, I guess, but what are, what are some of these trends or how, how does this work pulling all of those different heads into your, your database?
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, So the the source of truth for all these, uh, I guess, for the data, uh, can live in, in many different platforms. You know, uh, I think Netlify coined the term Jamstack. I apologize if they, if they didn't, but I'm pretty sure they did. Um, and so instead of having to custom build, uh, say the back backend, uh, which has been the tradition for a while, uh, and you start to see, you know, these storefronts that have, you know, uh, an engineering team of 30, right? Uh, so that they can manage the system. Uh, now, very similar to your 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 uh, your ecom platforms like a big commerce like Shopify, um, you know you also now have API-first CMSs, um, and Contentful is is a is a really strong one. Uh, and so that data that content model can live in you know say a Contentful, uh, Shogun Frontend has their own uh, proprietary CMS as well. You know that data can live there. Um, And so you don't have to build everything from scratch anymore. There's just a lot that is API first. Um, And so now you have your your decoupled front end and you have the opportunity to um, interact directly with these systems. Um, And so kind of like not to overcomplicate things but you can have essentially multiple backends, and, and you're kind of pointing to each one of those, right? So if you were to say swap out a CMS, um, you know, you don't have to change your front end code a whole lot. You still have to change the wiring a little bit, but like that front end presentation stays the same. But you don't have to then also change out, you know, Shopify or BigCommerce or Magento or WooCommerce, right? You're just focusing on that, that content piece. Uh, so you have a little bit more of a modular approach, uh, which is fantastic. Um, Nacelle does a does a, a really good job at you know pulling in a lot of these pieces. Um, you know, so if you want to have one common endpoint. Uh is, is really good at that. Uh, so you can have um, say contentful on the CMS side, you can have Shopify, you can have maybe a custom storefront, you know, all of that sort of you know goes into nacelle as a middle layer, and then your front end just just connects with that. Um, you also have other products, uh, you know, I, I mentioned like Shogun front end. Um, content can now live in in Shogun front end, you know, Shopify CMS is good, um, but it's not very, very robust. Um, so it gives you opportunity uh, to really enhance the storefront um, and, and any of these approaches. Uh, and what's again, what's great is that you don't have to you don't have to build everything from scratch, you know. Uh, and and that's what has really changed in the last couple of years is um, you know the opportunity to leverage these tools has has really driven down the cost of of development and has made things um, scalable, flexible. Uh, so that, you know, if you want to make a change, it doesn't take a year to scope out uh, and sideline your team. You know, you can make that pretty quickly, so.
0: So, uh, so that's the next place I want to go is, is scaling. So everything you just mentioned is kind of setting up your architecture, that's a lot of backend activity. There's a lot of stuff there that really the, the front end consumer doesn't usually see. So mm-hmm. is this, is, is the idea of headless, it really just enables you to scale as much as possible, because you can use these pre-built systems, they're best in breed on on whatever side of the house they're on, but you can pull in information to everywhere you want, connect Mm -hmm. them all together, essentially, in layman's terms, I guess, and then you have one crisp, clean backend that's pulling in data from a whole bunch of different places, and that enables you to scale because it's not a custom, you don't have to worry about how this thing's going to flow, it's everything's maintained on its own.
1: Totally, yeah, took the words right out of my mouth.
0: (laughs) Yes, I could do the next interview then. All right, we'll do a more headless talk. (laughs) (laughs) So, so it really is just you, you set up your platforms initially. Obviously, make sure everything's set up, and there's there's some consistent maintenance there. But um, you're just now using the best platforms, and that enables you to keep scaling as you go.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yep. 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 Um, yeah, it's 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 just night and day difference, you know, from what it was two years ago. And it, in, in addition to that, you also have uh, third party apps that have matured over the last couple of years as well, uh, and, and now support headless, uh, whereas before. You, know, you kind of have to like work with our teams uh, to get them to support it but but now like they're also seeing headless as, as being the future of e-commerce and uh so they needed to adapt and and so now bringing in you know the third party apps that you you've grown to love over time like you can still you can still leverage those without with with minimal effort to to incorporate uh, to integrate into your system so um, it's it's what are what are called like npm packages or uh, you know so it's more like a, a, a command to, to yarn add or, or npm install uh, and boom, right away, you've got your, your integration set up. So.
0: Love it. Love it's it. Cool. Let's, yeah. let's talk a handful of examples. Um, I know that you've worked with a quite a few brands that obviously leverage this type of architecture It's one of your specialties um, yeah. give me an example of a brand that's using this and then maybe talk through kind of like how it works, how it's different than a usual e-commerce setup and um, we'll kind of chat through those, those opportunities.
1: Yeah, well, actually, you know, um, the last maybe two years, uh, I think all of our sites have been headless. Uh, And so um, I think one really fun one that uh, recent builds that we've been working on is Radish Kids. Um, And so they have have their storefronts, uh, they're on Shopify Plus, Um, but what they wanted to do is they wanted to extend their storefronts and extend their offering. By providing a digital membership that complements their physical subscription. Um, and so if you're not familiar, familiar with Radish Kids, um, every month uh, they deliver a, a, a box uh, for parents and kids to, you know, to, to learn how to cook together and, uh, and and so to extend on that experience. Um, you know, we've we've built a, a headless application called Radish Plus. Uh, that allows them to access not just the recipes for that month, but also exclusive recipes um, on an iPad. Uh, that's a progressive web app that is then installable on their on their iPad. And so um, that's one like really fun example uh, where uh, their customers can now interact with the store, with the brand that's just outside of the storefronts um, in a headless capacity, um, still leveraging Recharge, still leveraging Shopify. Um, it's It's been a really fun, fun project to work on,
0: for sure. So I think that's a really clear and really easy example of kind of like separating these heads out. I know we keep saying, you know, split the heads. So, right. so on the one hand, the subscription is just sending the curated box. So there's food in there, there's vegetables and fruits and, and all those kind of things. Yep. And a, a person who already understands how to cook may take those things and kind of take a food network approach and, you know, let's, let's see it, I can build with this thing. Yep. But The other piece that they're offering, which is separate from that subscription, is now the ability to log in, uh, see these recipes that they're offering and kind of link those two experiences together using one backend, which now shows you, okay, you have the food. We ship that to you in a box. Now this digital side is going to show you exactly what you need in what quantities and what the recipe is. And you can kind of integrate those and leverage those together. Is that fairly exactly. accurate?
1: Exactly. Yeah. And like you wouldn't you wouldn't necessarily be able to do this um, if you were just using Shopify CMS. Again, not to dog Shopify CMS. Uh, You know, I I think it's good, it's good. Um, But in this case, we needed to like really, really expand upon that content model, right? You mentioned recipes. Um, There's there's so much that goes into that, right? And so in this instance, we leveraged Contentful. um, And so we could really map out and create the content model that we needed um, and, and that you know that uh, that supports the products, uh, that supports the recipes, that supports you know everything that is in, in Radish Plus uh, or in Radish Kids. Um, and so you now actually have two separate systems on the back end, You have Shopify and you have Contentful, um, but one one uniform uh, front end. Uh, and so uh, you wouldn't be able to do that if it was again if it was just just say on a on, on an e-commerce pl- platform.
0: So. So in this example, uh, the Radish Kids subscription is being managed by Shopify and Recharge and the Radish Plus is being managed by Contentful, which is the content app that plugs into the backend so they can both end up working together in this headless architecture, but they are different platforms.
1: They are, well, I guess I would, I would say they're, they're different heads, um, but you know, Radish, or sorry, Radish Plus is not just Contentful. Uh, the content that it is surfaced is Contentful um, but it's still very much integrated into Recharge, right? The access, um, you know, the, the authentication. Does this customer have an active sub- subscription for this month? Um, you know, if yes, you know, a- a- approve that access. And so there's a very close sync with Recharge. There's a very close sync with with Shopify. Um, and so it's hard to, you know, you know, like, you can't really necessarily say that, like, Shopify, or sorry, uh, Radish Plus is is just Contentful because it, it's still everything, right? You still have product data coming in. You still have subscription gotcha. data coming in. You still have Contentful data coming in. Um, but content specifically, that's coming from Contentful. So,
0: so I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot and ask you a couple of questions. What what could we do that would take this a step further, actually? And this doesn't need to be something that Radish is actually doing, but is is something like, an in-person like cooking event where you kind of like bring families together and you can do some sort of like platform there where you can show people what you're doing physically in person could you then also run a different head and and run some sort of access again where it's like okay do you have a membership to this check yes okay approved you can enter you can now come participate in this thing because you have access to the other pieces is that just a different head that you could add
1: yeah, totally, totally. And, that, and that's that like concept of microsites, right? Uh, you know, you, you can add any number of one, uh, but you don't have to recreate that backend and duplicate that data. It's all coming from a single source of, source of truth um, and you can have multiple heads. So that's that's a perfect example, perfect example of how you can scale and extend uh, with, with headless.
0: Yeah. Awesome. And then it really opens the door for, for pretty much anything you want because your backend is still gonna sync everywhere and you can still kind of manage all your data in one place. So then it's just opening the door. Like you said, there there are NFT options, which I am still learning about. So I'm not exactly sure. I'm not gonna give an example of how to do that. But you start throwing NFTs around there, you know, we already talked to Access. There's in-person options. You could open up a storefront and be able to kind of sync all that data on the back end. and each of these are just individual heads. Yep,
1: yep, totally. And and NFTs, uh it's something that like I I I understand the the technology and, and and everything. Uh, I don't know if it's my age, but I just don't get it, (laughs) you know, like, uh, you know, the market, I I guess I don't, I, I don't get, um, why someone would buy a $800 pair of digital shoes, uh, is, but again, that could be my age, but in terms of like the technology behind it, uh, I get, but, uh, you know, uh, but anyways, tangent, uh,
0: We'll have to do, I'll have to do an NFT episode and I'll I'll make sure to to not have you be the speaker on that episode.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, no, it's, it's it's funny, uh, talking with merchants, it's, it's, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, you know, cause 'cause we're actually working on a a couple NFT projects right now. Um, and it's funny, you know, like you, you learn a whole lot about it, um, uh, as, as, as you're developing this, developing this out and, and, but just kind of like putting myself in the consumer's position. Um, you know, I think it's just, uh, I I don't know. I don't know. I'm just, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I could ever spend money on a, on, a, on, a, on an image, I guess, you know, so. Uh, we don't, we don't I all have to, to, be
0: like, to on everything, but we'll, uh, as long as we're understanding it, we can kind of see the, see the trend that it's moving in. We'll, we'll keep track of it. We'll see if we do an NFC episode at a later date. There's
1: such a, there's such a market for it right now. It, it's super yeah. hot too. Um, and so I'm not, I'm certainly not saying like avoid it. I, I think, you know, take advantage of it, you know, uh, but, um, but yeah.
0: Yeah. Interesting, interesting. Back on track here. I know you had yeah. uh, another example, or maybe two. Um, hop into to one more of those examples you had.
1: Yeah, uh, on the content side, or um, on the headless uh, side, had, brands make- that you worked
0: with. I know you had another another brand that you've worked with uh, to do headless. What's what's one more of them?
1: Yeah, I guess um, <laughs> Blendjet is a uh, is, is another example. semi recently. Um, you know, they're, they're another, uh, they're another recharge, uh, customer too. Um, and so, uh, with, with them, they have a very rich site. So, you know, we've talked a lot about content, um, and how, you know, almost like it's, it's a separate experience, um, you know, but it doesn't have to be a separate experience. And what I mean by that is blogs and articles, um, a digital experience, um, it can very well be, um, uh, accompanied with products, uh, with product detail, um, you know, and uh, providing a little bit more of a robust um, experience for customers. Um, and so with, with jets, um you know, you, you'll see just a lot of detail at the variant level uh, with, with many images and videos uh, to really provide a rich experience, um, not just for their core products, but also for um you know the the jet packs uh, that you could subscribe to um and uh and so it, it complements that and you know there's just a very strong like cross-pollination that you can have with content and products uh and you know it, and so like when you think of a cms um you know in, in, in contents you know don't think of those as, as silos but something that can really complement one another um and so i think that's a that's a strong Strong example of that.
0: And the BlendJet site is gorgeous. Uh, so, so BlendJet sells uh, mini blenders, essentially, like single serve, single use blenders. Um, or not single use, uh, but like single size uh, blenders. And mm-hmm. they come in a whole bunch of different colors and patterns. And the, the website's absolutely gorgeous. Every time you click on a new color on a product page, it brings up different examples. And there's different kind of fruits that match the color. And it shows it blending. And it's a really, really cool site. But it's one of those things that you would look at maybe five or six years ago and think like, this site is massive. How is the site like pulling in all of these data and images and videos and all this stuff? Like it's gotta be such a slow site, but that's just something you can host on a different, you can host on Contentful or you can host on a different platform or different head, I guess, and pull that in. And that's kind of a, another speed benefit, right? Yeah.
1: So the, the products product information uh, is, is all coming from Shopify. Uh, contents uh, is all coming from Contentful. Uh, again, there's there's some overlap there. Um, and then everything is statically generated in advance. Uh, so when you actually come to the site, when a customer comes to the site, they're not pinging in the server and the server's coming back with a with a payload, all of that's statically generated. Uh, and so that right away, it speeds things up quite a bit. Um, but then also there's, you know, some best practices with lazy loading. And so I think you have like 16 plus videos um, on the page. You know, we're not, um, you know, we're, we're not hitting those uh, on initial page load. And so you can really optimize performance and, and really deliver some some really unique experiences. Um, and so uh, just definitely not possible um, if it was not a progressive web app, if it was, uh, you know, built more traditionally. So, uh,
0: yeah. Talk a little bit about this idea of being able to still roam around a page even if you lose internet access in a headless environment. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, um, so we talked about, I mean, we've talked about headless, right? And that is that separation. Um, and, and one one area of focus is really the head. Uh, and that head can be what's called a progressive web app, a PWA. Um, and so really what what you can do with a progressive web app, like the browser itself has really come a long way. Um, in fact, it's it's something that Steve Jobs a long time ago had envisioned like the future of, of apps, right? Um, not to go, uh, on another tangent here, but, um, being suppressed a little bit in that, uh, Apple has, uh, you know, has, has some, has some ties to, to the app store because of that 30%, uh, uh, you know, tax that they, that they have. Uh, but you are seeing, um, you are seeing like explosive growth in other countries um you know uh with progressive web apps and and google and microsoft are really making a push for it here too and i think apple's you know slowly come around but you know i i i I can relate to them you know if if it makes me billions of dollars you know i wouldn't want to give that up either Uh, but so anyways with a progressive web app what you can do um uh is uh you can actually install the sites locally on on your machine on your phone and so it actually looks like a native app um when you're on your phone and you're looking through your apps and you can select it Um, and what's what's cool is that you know you go to the site and let's say you're going under a tunnel or like you just lose internet connection right Um, we talked about performance and and how like subsequent page requests are like almost instant it's almost instant because everything is is then pretty much cached and installed on your phone and so if you Put your phone actually in airplane mode and and, and lose connection to, you know, to uh, to to your to your Wi-Fi and everything. Um, you can actually still experience the site. You can click around. You can discover products um, because it doesn't have to make that request to a server. And so, um, it's, it's it's super fast. And when you gain that connection back, uh, the only thing that it prevents you from doing is actually making that checkout because that's that does require a server call. Um, but it is something where. Um, you know, the the customer can still explore the site, can add things to the cart, can get to that checkout, and then when they have a checkout, uh, or when when they have signal, uh, you know, you can take you to the to the checkout page and and you know process the order. So, um, so yeah, so uh, making it installable is, uh, is 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 pretty cool.
0: Um, AWS feels like one of those things that in a few years we're going to look back on this and think like, why was this unique and new? Like everybody should be doing this.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, it it really is. It's a you know progressive web app, and so you, th- you think app. It's so it really does provide that native app like experience, um, but with the reach of web, uh, and so um, you don't you don't have to you don't have to put your app in a storefront, uh, which used to be valuable, right? Because there's was a way to discover apps, um, but not a whole lot of people shop in the app store, um, and yeah. also it's just so. Um, diluted at this point with, with so many different apps that, you know, you, you lose that benefit of discovery in the app store. Um, and so, uh, and you still have push notifications, uh, with a progressive web app, you know, um, you might lose out on things like, um, if if you're skateboarding and you want to know like what sort of flip you did, you know, progressive web app doesn't really have that native app integration, but you know, like what storefront does that. (laughs) So, um, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's pretty powerful, pretty fast.
0: All right, Scott, a couple closing questions. Uh, I want to get some advice from you for growing brands. I have a feeling I know what, uh, what the topic is going to be about, but uh, give me a piece of advice right. for a brand who, a subscription brand who's just launching.
1: I promise I won't say anything about Headless. <laughs> we've, <laughs> we've talked about Headless, I've, I've beaten that in. So uh, perhaps maybe something something fresh, something new. I, I think the way that you phrase the question is is probably the you know the the advice I'd I'd give and that is um, you know always be testing. Uh, you know I I don't think you're going to nail the uh, hit the nail on the head squarely on the first on the first go. Um, you know uh, and so what I mean by that is um, just do it take a lean approach um, and then always just be optimizing. You know there's ways to optimize on on retention strategy on acquisition. Um, and, um, you know, don't, don't set it and forget it because more than likely you're, you're leaving money on the table. Um, and, uh, so just always, there, there's so much that goes into subscription. So just always be testing. Uh,
0: so then let's fast forward. Let's assume a brand it launched. They are testing. They kind of found what works. They're starting to scale. What's a piece of advice now a little bit down the road that you would give to a subscription brand who's trying to break through this like 10,000, 100,000 subscriber mark.
1: Yeah. I would say it, it, it's, it's amazing to me how you have, have some merchants still like, you know, even like large merchants um, that, that, that want that, but they still don't have like, they still don't have subscriptions as a main focus of messaging. Um, and uh, there's a lot of ways to do it. Um, you know, uh, so I, I guess I would say have that top priority you know, make your products default to subscription, um, you know, instead of defaulting to one buy or, or one-time buy uh, and subscription, default that to subscription because it just as like a customer behavior. Um, this sounds really ridiculous and, and how simple I am uh, as a customer, but, you know, if it's already pre-selected for me, it's, it's, it's almost like, I almost think, you know, uh, you know, it's already selected, you know, do I want to uncheck this? no, let's do it, you know, like let's subscribe versus if it wasn't, it's like, do I need to subscribe to this? It's no an active choice to
0: get to that point.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's, it's not like a, a pre-selected checkbox of like, oh, subscribe to our newsletter, you know, like that's different, right? Um, and so, uh, and I would also focus on, and I, I think this is probably one of the biggest, like um, things that I see is, is the, the lack of attention to retention. Um, you know, a lot of focus is really, how do we, how do we get subscribers? Um, and then, and then that customer journey after they become, after they become a subscriber, you know, uh, which, which bakes into the, to the retention, like, but what does that experience like for the customer? Um, is it something where like, you know, they subscribe and then you're done with them and you're just crossing your fingers that hopefully they stay, hopefully they like the product. Um, or are you, are you, um, are you focusing in on that experience? And so they continue to stay with you. Um, and then, you know, building a loyalty program into that so that, you know, you're, you're acquiring more customers, um, again, kind of going back to, uh, the rising, uh, customer acquisition costs, uh, increasing 50%, like retention, uh, is, is all the more important. Um, and by the way, a lot of this stuff is like, low-hanging fruit stuff to do with ReCharge. You know, uh, all, all of this is out-of-the-box stuff. Um, uh, and so it's not, it's not a complicated, big developer ask.
0: You know, uh, so I wasn't going to bring that up. I wasn't going to product plug it, but I appreciate you. Sorry, <laughs> I, I have to,
1: I have to, cause it's, you see it and it's like, well, you know like we can do it.
0: <laughs> no, I think I think that's, that's spot on. Retention is, is such an overlooked piece usually because traditionally commerce, you just look for acquisition because there isn't that built in subscription piece where you're going to purchase again. Yep. But it's it's been shown time and time again, it's it's two to three times more expensive to reacquire a customer than it is just to retain them. Right. So there needs to be that second piece which is, which is all retention. What do the customers see after they've purchased for the first time? Does that change after it gets to a second, third, fourth, fifth purchase? You right. know, are there extra gifts? What's the, the unboxing experience like? All of those things play into retention. And if you're singularly focusing on top of funnel, it's just going to leak out the bottom of funnel you're going to have to try to find a way to get them right back into the top. So I, I think that's a perfect piece of advice. 100%,
1: yep. Final closing question
0: for you. What physical subscription products do you subscribe to?
1: coffee (laughs) lots of coffee coffee. as you can tell i've been sipping i've been sipping all through all through this um coffee and then i have to i have to give uh a shout out to adam brock over at ballsy um client of ours um you know not just me but i think all the all the males and uh males in my family and, and friends um i think are all a subscriber of, of at least one product of theirs. Um and so uh coffee and ball wash.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it. Opposite ends of the spectrum, but we'll we'll go with it. It seems to make sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Scott, thank you so much for joining. Really appreciate your time. Cheers. You. Yeah, likewise. Cheers. We want to thank Scott once again for joining us. If you're interested in Alpha Omega, you can head over to alphaomega.agency. If you're looking for more of our episodes, check us out at rechargepayments.com hit subscribe. And to get the latest episodes, remember to hit subscribe on whatever platform you're listening from.